Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. If you'd like to take your Bibles and turn in them to the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, our pastor asked me to preach on the church, uh, specifically the local church. So that is the reason for the text this morning. And the focus of, of the sermon will be chapter 3, verses, uh, really verses 10 through 15, which is the pointy end of the passage. But the problem is that it, the pointing of the passage talks about a subject that the Bible talks a lot about in other places and in other ways. And as, as sometimes happens, when the Bible talks about one thing or one thing, a bunch of different places in a bunch of different ways, we import that into where it talks about it in other places. And thereby, we miss the point of the point. And so I'm gonna, we're going to read an extended passage of 1 Corinthians. Not that extended. Don't get too worried. Um, but so we can see what, what, what God is talking about. And I'm going to ask you a question when we're done reading to see how you're paying attention and to see whether maybe I missed the point. And I'm just going to give you a warning. The answer, children and smart Alex, is not God and it's not Jesus. Okay? I'm looking for something else. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in, in verse 1. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God which is at Corinth, to those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, together with all those who in every place call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, both their Lord and ours. Verse 10, I appeal to you, brothers, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree and that there be no divisions among you, and that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each one of you says, I follow Paul, or I follow Apollos, or I follow Cephas, Peter, or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. And now Paul goes on a lengthy discussion of power and wisdom, and the Spirit of God, and he picks up again in chapter 3, and I think I'll, you'll see where, where the hook is. Chapter 3, verse 1, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it, and even now you are not ready. For you were all still of the flesh, for while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving in a human way? For when one says... 
I follow Paul. And another, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human or really fleshly? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive wages according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers. God's field you are. God's building you are. Verse 16, do you not know you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? What is this passage about? Anyone? The church. The church. Living and functioning, or we might say not functioning, as the church. Is this passage about the Christian home, the Christian family, husbands and wives, children? Is it? The church. Is this passage about, now does the Bible talk about Christian homes, Christian families, husbands, wives, fathers, mothers? Yes. Is this passage about Christian citizens living in the state, dealing with the state? Is it? Is it? No, it's about the church. Does the Bible talk about being a Christian citizen, paying taxes, honoring the king? Does it talk about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Is this pastor about being a good employee, serving your boss, or being a good boss, being a kind boss? Is this passage about that? No. Does the Bible talk about that? Yeah. But this passage is about the church. So here's the point. According to the grace of God given to me, like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation, and someone else is building upon it. Each, let each one take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation, yeah, verse 11 now, sorry, other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. What is verses 10 through 15 about? Building your life on the Lord Jesus Christ? Building the church. So the judgment that is talked about here is not a general judgment of how good you are, how well you did as a father, a mother, a, a child, a son or daughter, how you were as a boss or an employee, how you were as a citizen or, or a governor. The point of the passage is how you were at building the church. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, where we pray that indeed you would open our eyes to behold wondrous things out of it.
Father, we pray that you would open our ears to hear it as it is your word and not the word of any man. And Father, that you would open our hearts to do it and to not hear it only. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in the broader context, the desire, Paul's desire for this local church is, is in verse 10, right? Very clear. I, I appeal to you that you all agree, that you be united, that you have the same mind and the same judgment, that there be no divisions. It's, it's just like the passage we've been talking about the past three weeks in Philippians chapter 2. It's the same, same concern. Because obviously there are some, some problems in this church. Verse 10, there are divisions. Verse 11, there is quarreling. Verse 12 indicates sectarianism, right? I follow Paul. I'm of Apollos. Well, I follow Jesus. I'm better than all of you. And then in chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, there is a, a fleshliness, which is further defined in two different ways, a, a fleshliness, fleshliness that, that shows itself in immaturity, that people are not to the point they should be, and a fleshliness which shows itself again in, in jealousy and strife and, and divisions. Now, thankfully, we don't have to worry about any of those things. <clears throat> but the question still is before us, how does a church become well? Or, indeed, how, how do we build the church? What, what should guide us as we build the church? And the the anchor to that, the, the theological anchor, is remember our identity. Right? Remember who you are. What is Maple Grove? And we are told that Maple Grove is three things. Two of them are in verse 9. Maple Grove is God's, God's church, yes. God's field. And Maple Grove is God's building. And then in verse 16, Maple Grove is God's, God's temple. Maple Grove is God's field. And, and the word field is not field and just sort of, you know, you're driving through Kansas and you see the tall grass national prairie. The field is something we know very well. It's, it's easy for us. It's a quick because it's, it's what we see, the fields around us, cultivated, plowed, ready for produce, right? This is a field with a farmer, right? a farmer who, is, who has worked it, who has prepared it, and who is expecting something from it. It is, but not just any farmer, it is God. God is the farmer, which shouldn't surprise us because um, from the very beginning, he's been a gardener. God has been interested in growing things. Maple Grove, we are God's field. God wants to... Uh, to cultivate us and nurture us and prune us so that we grow and bear fruit for God's glory because we are God's field. We are God's building. Continuing in verse 9, God's building you are. This, this again shouldn't surprise us. Jesus only uses the word church twice when, when in the Gospels. And the first time he uses it is in Matthew 16, 18. And what does he say? I will 
build my church. Hebrews 3.6, Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house. Now, the, the smart aleck in me, if there, if there was any, would, would just, like, just like to remember this verse when people say, well, the church is in a building. I'm like, well, yeah, it is. Their church is God's building. And verse 16, the church is God's temple. Maple Grove. I'm trying to get away from saying the church um, and saying Maple Grove because that's what this is about. Maple Grove is God's temple. And the word, there are two different main words for temple in, in the Greek and the New Testament. One is temple, like the temple whole, the whole kit and caboodle, the whole shebang, the whole temple mount. But the other is like the holy place, the sanctuary, and that's what this word is. It's not just the temple, like, like everything, the foyer and this and that. It's, no, you are God's sanctuary. You are the holy place. <laughs> Maple Grove is God's holy place. God dwells here by his spirit, verse 16 tells us, verse 16 and 17. And God's presence here at Maple Grove makes Maple Grove holy, set apart, special, separate, something that God has a purpose for. Everything is God's. Maple Grove is God's field. Maple Grove is God's building. Maple Grove is God's sanctuary. And even earlier in verse 9, Paul identifies himself and Apollos and Cephas and anyone else as God's, God's laborers. Everything here is God's. The church it's ministry. It's all God's. The church does not belong to Pastor Jason or the elders or the PLC. The church belongs to God. The church does not, does not belong to the people. It does not belong to the person who has been a member here their whole life for 50 years, 60 years, 70 years. It does not belong to the person who has donated tens and twenties and thirties and fifties and thousands of dollars. Maple Grove belongs to God. This is God's field. This is God's building. This is God's sanctuary. So all other things, all of our, all of our structures and our attitudes and our ministries, everything must flow from this anchor. This is God's. This, we are God's. But now the, the, the point, the implication, because Maple Grove is God's, God holds us accountable for our, our relationship to it. God will judge your work in building Maple Grove. God will judge your work in 
building Maple Grove. God will judge. You see that in verse 13. Each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it. And the day, if you have the ESV, is capitalized in your Bible because that is meant to indicate that that is the day, the day of the Lord. This idea of the day of the Lord is, is the central vision of the future from the Old Testament. Over 130 times it's mentioned the day of the Lord or that day. It is the day which God himself, Yahweh, comes to earth and judges. And we see it mentioned a dozen times specifically that phrase, either the day of the Lord or the day of Christ or the day or that day in the New Testament. God is coming to earth in the person of his son. Jesus Christ is coming to earth. God will judge. And what he is going to judge, among other things, and here's where we can look at all the other passages that talk about judgment, where we're talking about you know, God will judge the secrets of our hearts, every idle word, everything we've done. But in that, in that broad and general sense of everything we've done, there is going to be special attention to God will judge your work in building Maple Grove. God will judge your work. And when I say your work, we notice that this is just a judgment for believers, right? Everyone in this judgment is a believer. See that in verses, verse 15, really. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So even the losers in this judgment are still saved, but it's like they're just snatched from the fire and they have nothing, nothing to show for their work. But this is a work, and here's where we might want to try to remove ourselves from it. This is a work for all believers, not just the Pauls, the Peters, the Apollos, the pastors, the elders, the Sunday school teachers. It is for all. Verse 10, let each one take care how he builds. Verse 11, no one can lay a foundation. Verse 12, now if anyone builds. Verse 13, each one's work. Verse 13 again, each one has done. Verse 14, if anyone has built. Verse 15, if anyone's work is built up. Building is for everybody. We are all builders. Okay? The question is not whether you are a builder or not. That's not the question. The question is, what are you building? Because each one, everyone, anyone, all are building. Ephesians 4 says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Jude 1, but you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God. 1 Corinthians 
14, 26. What then, brothers, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. Encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. You are building. Some way, somehow, you are building. The question is, what are you building? God will judge your work. Now, it's a relief and it's a blessing and it's a comfort to know that you are not judged by the results of your work. You say, what? No, because verse 6 and verse 7, who gives the growth? Who gives the growth? God gives the growth, according to verse 6 and verse 7. So do not be discouraged in your labors as you work and try to encourage your brother or your sister. If you do not see immediate results or even results far in the future, God is not judging you by the results because God is the resulter. God is the one who gives the growth. And even as Jesus said in Matthew 16, 18, I will build my church. God will judge your work. God will judge according to your job or your labor. Verse, verse 8. According to his labor. Verse 10. How he builds. Verse 12. Whether he builds with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw. Verse 13. What sort of work he has done according to your labor. So it's not what your labor produces. It is what your labor is. Do you give God, so to speak, your gold, silver, and precious stones? Do you give maple grove... And I'm not talking about what you just put in the offering plate 10 minutes ago. I'm talking about your labor. Do you give God your gold, silver, and precious stones? Or do you give him what, what you have at hand, whatever is left, the wood, the hay, the stubble? What does it cost you to be here at Maple Grove? That's, that's what God is paying attention to, according to his labor, according to how he builds. Whether you are building with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, what sort of work you are doing. God is judging your, your effort and your labor and your perseverance, your sacrifice, to the extent that you can of building Maple Grove. And God is judging your work based on your faithfulness to God's gift to God's gift to you. Verse 5, what are Paul and what are Apollos? They are just servants. They are just deacons. The word is literally deacons. They are waiters, just serving tables through whom you believed as the Lord assigned to each. 
verse 8. He who plants and he who waters are one. Verse 10, according to the grace of God given to me. What does that mean? It means that Pastor Jason is not going to get a better reward or worse reward just because he's pastor. It means Sunday school teachers are not going to receive a better or worse reward just because they're Sunday school teachers. God has, has fit Maple Grove together. God has placed us together as here a building is his name metaphor, but in other places and a metaphor that's a little bit easier to work with, a body. God has fit us together and we all have roles to play and that's how God judges you, not how well you preach because we have one pastor. Not how well you eldered because we have a limited number of elders, but how well you use the gifts that God has given you. Very comforting and assure, uh, reassuring, I hope, that God is not judging you on the basis of what somebody else should be doing. God is judging you. God will judge you on, on the faithfulness that you have demonstrated to the gifts that he has given you to build up Maple Grove. God will judge your work and building Maple Grove. So how should we be building? Well, first of all, we, we see that the foundation must be right. We have to build on the foundation. According to the grace of God given to me like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. Verse 11, no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if anyone builds on the foundation, and so on. Maple Grove has to be built on the foundation of, of Jesus Christ. And we've seen that clearly the past three weeks in that great passage where Paul talks about the depths of Christ and his incarnation and his humility and coming to us in humbleness. And last week, as Joseph reminded us of, the exaltation of Christ, seated at the right hand of God, the one to whom every knee will bow and every tongue confess. Maple Grove, we must be built on Christ, who he is and what he has done. Not the passage we skipped in Corinthians, the end of chapter 1 and all of chapter 2, not on human wisdom, not on the power of our own reasoning, not on rhetorical skill, not on eloquence, not on showiness, not on anything else. Things can be built on that. And they are built on that. But they do not last. And they will not withstand the fire of God's judgment. So we must be built on, on Jesus Christ. He must be the foundation of everything we do, who he is, and what he has done for us. We, we all have to be using the same blueprints. We all have to have the same end in mind. We have to be together in this. Verse 8, he who plants and he who waters are one. Yes, we all have different roles to play. We all have different things to do. But we're all one. Verse 9, we're all fellow workers. We're just doing different jobs, but we have one job, to build, to be a part of God's building of 
Maple Grove. And verse 10 points to this out. We all have to have the same plan where Paul calls himself a, a skilled master builder. And the master builder is, is the word, it's really just the Greek word architect. Right? It's the one who plans and designs and shapes and, and does everything, designs everything. We all have to be working from the same plan. As has been mentioned, we all have our own tasks, the things that we do. Verse 5, as the Lord assigns to each. Verse 10, according to the grace of God given to me. Some, some jobs in a building receive more honor. But the hidden jobs are vital. Right? You, you see a house that, that Frank Lloyd Wright designed. And you say, man, that's a piece of art. It's beautiful. But, but if you walk into the house and, and the framer says, well, I'm going to put these studs 30 inches apart. And maybe we're here, uh, we're running, we're running, we got plenty of extra wood, so we'll, we'll just put the studs over here in this part of the room. We'll just put them 10 inches apart. It doesn't matter. If you walked into that, that beautiful, glorious house and had to go to the bathroom to turn on the light in the kitchen, you'd be like, man, that, that electrician? If half the sinks in the house had hot water on the left side and half the sinks in the house had hot water on the right side, you're like, man, what kind of plumber did this place get? Right? But, but some of those things you don't see. And it's the same way in, in God's, God's house. Right? There are some jobs that receive more honor. But all of the jobs are vital. Maple Grove cannot be functioning as God's field, God's building, God's sanctuary, if all of the jobs are not being done. So how do we build well? I think how we build well is first of all seen in verse 10, according to the grace of God given to me. Fuel your work with God's grace. Right? The answer to, to withstanding this judgment is, is not do more. Right? I don't think Jason wanted me to preach on this subject so we could get more nursery volunteers or more Sunday school teachers or this or that, or people that shovel the sidewalk, necessarily. Even though those things need to be done. But, but I'm not telling you here, work harder, do more. I'm not doing pastor's dirty work. The first thing you do is go deeper into God's grace. If, if God has promised to build this church... If Jesus has promised to build his church, then who's, who's going to do it? God and Jesus, by their strength. And Paul will return to this idea at the end of 1 Corinthians, where he says, By the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Colossians 1 him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy 
that he powerfully works within me. Do you want a daring prayer for the new year? Pray to God, God, exhaust me in building your church. And then just see what he does. See what he does. God, exhaust me in building your church. So, so, wait a minute, I thought you weren't telling us to work harder. I'm telling you to work harder. I'm telling you to exhaust yourself in God's grace, to exhaust yourself in God's energy to build God's field, God's building, God's sanctuary. And all the time, remembering that it is God who is doing the work. How do we build well? Pay attention to yourself, first of all. Paul says, like a wise master builder. There's a, uh, one of Luther's well-known quotes and that's popular for several reasons among certain people. Is, he was asked, well, how, how did the Reformation get accomplished? And Luther said, well, we just sat in the tavern drinking our Wittenberg beer and God did the work. He, he neglects to mention, oh, and by the way, I was teaching and or preaching every day of the week. Oh, and by the way, I was translating the Bible into German and basically creating the German language. Oh, and by the way, I was being attacked by the most powerful force on earth, the Roman Catholic Church. Oh, and by the way, I was giving theological treatises. And oh, by the way, I was doing this and I was doing that. And oh, by the way, I was doing this and that. But God did the work. But Martin Luther didn't just stumble into being Martin Luther. It wasn't an accident. Paul didn't just stumble into being Paul. He, he says, as a skilled master builder, he had a proper self-identification. He knew who he was. I labored in this. I worked at it. Pay attention to yourself. Soak yourself in Scripture. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Soak yourselves in the scripture. You want to be a blessing to other people? You want to build up the church? Soak yourselves in God's word. Pay attention to yourself. Stop sinning and pursue righteousness. Ephesians 4, put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Let each of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. As a body... As a building, we can't be stronger than, than all of our parts together. We can't be stronger than what we're made of, who we are. So to build up the body, we must build ourselves up. And then we'll be in a place to build each other up as we are building ourselves up in Scripture, in pursuing righteousness.
How can children do this? You say, God is going to judge everyone for how they're building. Well, do you really mean it? Do you mean children? Yeah, I mean children. Children, you can obey this passage. You can listen and participate in Sunday school class. You can participate in the worship. Sing loudly. That's what Colossians 3.16 talks about. What, what a blessing it was this morning to hear so many children singing, to be able to hear them. And I just wished uh, we could just get snowed in and just spend the day here singing. Children, you can thank your Sunday school teachers. Thank your pastor for his work. Children, you can obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. And when adults see children obeying their parents, they get encouraged. It's for everyone. Senior citizens, oh, I've put in my time. I'm old and tired and worn down. I can't do anything. You can pray. I mean, if this is God's work and depends on His, His grace and His growth, what, what more important and better thing can there be than praying for Maple Grove? I can't imagine the day when I don't have to go to work for eight hours a day. You mean I have eight hours a day to do anything? Even at home, you can do something for Maple Grove. Senior citizens, what can you do beyond even pray? You can share your wisdom with, hopefully I can still say with us younger people. I, I know it's getting close. <laughs> Help us. When you see us doing stupid things, which we do, be, be bold and gracious enough to, to pull us aside and say, don't do it. Let me help you. Teach us. Older saints, stay faithful. That's what you can do. Stay faithful. Because it's a blessing to younger people to look to older people and say, wow. It's, it's worth it. You know, he's, he's stuck around. She's continuing to be faithful in spite of all these things that have happened. Maple Grove, we are God's field, God's building, and God's sanctuary. That is a great truth. And because we are God's, he's going to call us to account. And that's not a threat. That, that's a blessing. God is going to bless. God wants to bless us for our labors. God allows us to be fellow workers, to participate in this work that, that he's doing anyway. God allows us to be a part of that. As we love one another, as we serve one another, guess what? God takes note, even if nobody else does, even if you don't think you get the credit you deserve, you're going to get it. 
and you're going to get it better than anyone here can give it to you. Because the day is coming. The day is coming. The day is coming when we will have this meal with Jesus and not just amongst each other. And he will look at our works and say, wow, thank you. Thank you for trusting me with your gold and your silver and your precious stones. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace and your goodness to us. Lord, we thank you that you are no respecter of persons, that you don't have special classes of people, but that you offer up to all of us the same tremendous blessing and reward for our labors, the labors that you have gifted us for anyway, the labors that you give us grace for anyway, the jobs, the abilities, the tasks that you have for us to do. And you and your, your great goodness choose to bless us and reward us through them. Father, we, we pray that this year we would continue to grow as your field, that you would continue to grow us as your building, that your spirit would continue to make us more and more into your sanctuary. We pray that, that indeed we would have that bold fear to say, exhaust me in your work. Lord, let us see your good hand so that we may praise you all the more. In Jesus' name, amen.